What's up, guys? Welcome to Two Brothers and Their Sports. I'm your co-host, Arov. And I'm your co-host, Arsh. And today on the show, we have three awesome topics for you guys. We're starting off by talking about Deshaun Watson, his final 11-game suspension. Then we're going to talk about um, LeBron James, his new contract extension he signed. Two years, $97 million, up to $111 million with all the bonuses. So we're going to talk about that and really how long he could actually stay with the Lakers. And then finally, we're going to talk about Fernando Tatis and the, his whole 80-game suspension with the PEDs and what he, he spoke on it too. So talking about that. All right, so I'll start with Deshaun Watson. And this has been a long time coming, but we finally got our answer about how long Deshaun's going to be suspended and what the fine is going to be. It's five, it's five million dollars, which is unprecedented, and so is the eleven games that got handed down by the NFL. So you know, you probably, you guys all probably know, a couple months ago, this court, this case, it's a new system by the NFL that sends the case to a third party judge which turned out to be Sue L. Robinson for this case, and she ended up handing down, or recommending, actually. That's the thing that made a lot of people angry about this case, that the NFL does not take what their people, what the people offer most of the time. She recommended a six-game suspension. She recommended some therapy, and, you know, the, the entire organization of the Browns the entire NFL and NFLPA were expecting this to be a year, if not indefinite, suspension. So this was very surprising, and the NFL just had to do something about it with the amount of public outcry about this, with the amount of how bad it made the NFL look of disciplining people when Ezekiel Elliott got, one, got six games, and then this, something like this happens, and it's six games as well. But for the amount of magnitude, the amount of differences, you know, it just doesn't look great for the NFL. And the reason that she only recommended six games was because of the NFL's bylaws. They had nothing, they had no precedent to have such a long suspension or in, in such a big fine. So the NFL appealed the decision. It went straight to the NFL PA and NFL working something out. They didn't even bother sending it to another judge. They just took the matters into their own hands. And Roger Goodell and the NFL now have have suspended him for 11 games, which, speaking of with, which his first game back is going to be against the Texans. Kind of a weird coincidence when you realize that the number is perfectly 11. I think they just took average, like, it's... Not 16 games anymore, but you can't do an average of an odd number of games because it would be 17. That, Obviously, 17 minus 6 is 11. So if you take 16, it's like 5 and 5. So they took the average. You think, you think there I was think, no coincidence in them seeing that the Texans were going to play the Browns the game? I, he's no, no. Back? I think it was a coincidence. I don't think it was planned. I think it I just think it was planned. I, because I think, I think if you look at it, it's like I was talking about. It's like the average between what what the NFL actually wanted what Sue L Robinson recommended. So, I th it's it's weird, yes, that you point that like that's true and it's good that you pointed that out. It's just I think that was completely coincidental. I disagree. I think that they wanted about 12, maybe 13, 14 games of a suspension, but the amount of money that that'll make when you for just for the NFL as a as an organization, we've seen them not be a very litigious organization in the past couple of years, and I think this builds off that with them not suspending him, trying to make I think they're trying to just make a lot more money watching this Texans versus Browns game. But anyway, so 
they took it into their own hands. It looks bad because they made a new system and immediately they just override the, it. Yeah, and the first case was the the most egregious case in the in like recent recent history. Exactly. This was the first case and automatically they've just overrid this new system and automatically just given whatever they wanted to do. And you know, it's not a great look for the NFL, especially when you look at where he's coming back. But I think that at least he got this. I would have indefinitely suspended him, fined him for uh, for five. I think five million dollars is a good amount because that's very unprecedented. It's never been that kind of. It's money. always in the thousands, maybe a million dollars. Exactly, and that's I. I think that's a good idea by the NFL. I think they'll suspend him indefinitely if he shows no remorse and nothing happens over the next year. That's when he starts making the big bucks next year. He makes only $1 million as a base contract this year. Yeah. Next year, he's, the bucks start rolling in. But he's actually, actually not He's not being paid for the 11 games. They said 11-game suspension, but no pay. But so that, that's not know. that big of a... That's not that bad for him. Because if you look at his contract, it's like $300, $400 million. And he's only making one of those millions this year. Yes. I'm, so I think, yeah, right, I think right. if you indefinitely suspended him then you can start really making it hurt for him if nothing ends up happening. But that's what I would have done. But I see their side. I'm happy that it was more than six games. That definitely was not enough. And, you know, I hope that this situation comes out in a good outcome. All right, I agree with most of what you said. I I like the description that you, you talked about, obviously, how it works. I think that this... You talked about how unprecedented it was that Deshaun Watson, like... Again, this is the first year, well, this is the first case that they, the NFL has had to implement this this technique or this new technique. This is the first case that went to that technique. And it's one of the worst cases, like I said, one of the worst cases in recent history. Now, I think that the 11 games, and I talked about this a little bit before as well, I think it's an average between what the NFL PA wanted, what the NFL wanted. I'm surprised, though, that the NFL actually agreed to do 11 games because they were so bent over on trying to get Deshaun a whole year suspended that I, I'm surprised that he's going to be able to play this year. And you you talked about this like in the preseason. He had two wide open receivers. He had Donovan Peoples-Jones down on the left sideline. And then he had, I think it was Anthony Schwartz or another another receiver um, closer, like 10 yards. And he airmailed, the, he airmailed Anthony Schwartz and it went... Uh, it was like in between the two receivers, so he's been really, really off. Um, and obviously, when you haven't played football in like over five hundred days, that's what's going to happen. Now, I I think that this is again the the Cleveland Browns' risk for tr for getting Deshaun Watson. It's not I, I'm not going to call it paying off, but it's definitely been something that they from for getting a guy like this and only having eleven games from what was expected. That's a, a win for the Cleveland Browns only. Only for, not not in terms of the guy they got, but in terms of the play. In terms of how long he's actually suspended. So, um, that's that's kind of the current situation. I think, I, I'm excited to see Deshaun Watson, again, solely on the gridiron. Not I'm not talking about off the field. I'm just excited to see him actually play football. Because... Or he was he led the league in passing yards his last full year before before like obviously holding out and this whole situation he was a top five quarterback and seeing him on a new team on a team that potentially has playoff hopes I'm I'm excited to see what's actually going to happen so Deshaun Watson is suspended eleven games but when he comes back I'm excited to see how he's going to play all right moving on to LeBron James 
LeBron James has gotten a two-year, $97.1 million contract extension that could go to about $111 million if he gets all his bonuses. So, let's dive into this. And a lot of people are talking about, wow, this is great for the Lakers, this is great for LeBron, he gets his money, and they get to keep their best player, if not one of the best players in the league, together. He is, he is. On the team. What I'm thinking is, what about Bronny James? Bronny James is going to his senior year this year, and then he's going to his college next year. He said he's going to take the college route. He said definitely. He's going to college next year, and probably going to the NBA after that. How is it going to work for LeBron James? If LeBron James has voice that he will go to whatever team that Bronny's on and that he wants to play, how is that going to work with a contract extension? Um, I, I think that the contract extension goes beyond when Bronny will be in the NBA. He's not a free agent when Bronny is. So what happens if Bronny's not drafted by the Lakers? What does that mean for LeBron? And could that ruin everything? Could LeBron suddenly become like the LeBron that he was to the Cavs because leaving just to play with his son? Would that be his last year? Like, there's so many questions. Would Bronny even make it to the NBA? And how does that affect what LeBron is going to end up doing? This contract extension is just a big deal because I don't know any of these. These are questions that are left up for grabs. The year that Bronny's eligible for the NBA, LeBron's in his last year with the Lakers. That's just my thoughts. Exactly. And I think that's why they look, They were looking for a two-year because that's exactly what LeBron was thinking. He really wants to play with the Sun. He's already said his last year will be with Bronny James when he retires, if not more. So he's going to at least play until then. So LeBron is definitely going to at least play until then. I believe Bronny's eligible to, in 2024. So that's that's just if he only does one year of college. And he already said he's going to take the college route, not not obviously to another country like Lomelo did, not to the G League like, like Jalen Green and some of the other guys have done. So he's definitely going to go there. And that means he's most likely just going to do a one and done, um, like most guys go that go to the NBA do. So... I think LeBron was thinking all that in his head before they signed the contract extension. Obviously, he wants to play until his son uh, comes into the league. Now, you talked about some of the problems there. LeBron, what if they don't get Bronny? And that's something that's really, really tough because the Lakers don't have many first-round picks in the future. I, be I believe, is their first one in 2027 and then 29? Yeah, exactly. So they don't have a draft pick that year. So they would have to try and get one. Now, that's that's a problem because Bronny's value may be inflated because people know that Bronny wants, or LeBron wants to be on the same team with Bronny. So, Bronny's value might go way up because they teams might think that if they get Bronny, they're going to get LeBron. So, that's, a, that's something that's worth keeping in mind. Bronny right now is projected to be solely on skills. I believe he's projected to be an early to mid first or second rounder um late first rounder at the most i believe so he's he's in that kind of range i think if the lakers get a draft pick they're gonna do it in the first round just to make sure they get brawny but that's definitely something to keep in mind because if the lakers don't get brawny lebron's definitely gonna leave because he wants to play with brawny so i think that's where the contract extension comes in and then also um like there were rumors that like when when LeBron was first eligible to get the contract extension, he didn't meet. He didn't meet with the Lakers, and he was he just said, "I'm I'm like he didn't say anything, but it was like 
it seemed as if he was just going to wait it out and he was going to see what the Lakers do, what the front office does to try and get them to another championship. Now, he, he just signed a contract extension, obviously, because I think he met with, he drove all the way down to the Lakers facility, which is kind of weird because if you're a guy at LeBron's stature, like, you should have front office people coming to you to try to get your deal. Like, it's, it's different when it's like an actual guy. LeBron is like, arguably the GOAT. Not in my mind, but arguably the GOAT. So, you're still gonna have him drive down where- I don't think that's a big deal. I think it is because you, as a front office, you're trying to get, like, LeBron doesn't want to stay. Like, LeBron's fine going anywhere as long as he plays with LeBron. The Lakers want to keep LeBron, a top five player in the NBA right now. So, if they want to keep LeBron, they gotta show it. They haven't been showing it. So I think that's something that, that's also worth keeping in mind. The relations between the Lakers and LeBron are good still, but that's also something to keep in mind as we look to the future. And now, finally, Fernando Tatis' situation with PEDs. He got suspended 80 games, and we're just going to talk a little bit about that. So basically, what happened was Fernando Tatis, he said he was dealing with ringworms, and he took a, I believe he took a, a medicine or a supplement or something like that. And it had, he didn't realize it had PEDs in it. And then, so he got drug tested and it was obviously he tested positive. So he's been suspended 80 games. He was very, he took full responsibility. He said, yeah, I'm going to serve it right now. And it's kind of unfortunate because we had seen him a couple days before um, play in his rehab game. And he was just killing it. So I, I, it's, it's going to be bad to see him go because that's like pretty much, what is that? That's like till middle of next year baseball. So it's a long time. So I think it's it's definitely going to be sad to see him go. But Fernando Tatis is just that great of a guy. And you see so many times when players come back. This sort of happened with DeAndre Hopkins now. It seems like a common excuse. Like, oh, I didn't know PEDs were in there. Or I didn't know that was actually uh, banned. Or like, no one ever told me that. Like, that's not going to be an excuse in the MLB or NFL or any major league. Because... They know that, like, it's still a competitive advantage no matter what. And a lot of times when guys come back from illnesses or getting the flu or whatever, they often test positive because of this, I guess, this situation. I'm not exactly sure, but usually, like, I, like that's a trend that I've just noticed. So that's something that I think for Fernando Tatis, he's just got to be more aware. But I love that he took full responsibility um, for, for his suspension and just immediately started serving it. I 100% disagree. He, disagree? Wow. He took his suspension, but he made an excuse. First of all, when you are a professional athlete at Fernando Tatis's stature, there is no way there are not 10 people checking exactly what you're putting in your body. I can tell you True. for a fact that that medication, someone close to Tatis, his doctor, someone knew it. Someone who prescribed it to him, knows that that's Fernando Tatis, and that it has a drug. His agent, like, there's no way that no one checks what they're taking. At this day and age, especially in baseball, where PDs are a huge deal, every single thing that you're putting in your body, 10 people have checked to make sure that it's okay for you. So I think that Tatis knew what he was doing. I don't think he th thought that he'd get caught. I don't think that he was going to keep using it after, even if it helped him feel a little bit better. I don't believe that's the type of guy that he is, but I think that he knew what it had, and he still ended up taking it. 
Tatis, I don't, I don't think he's a bad guy, but like this is just it, it's an excuse that almost every athlete that gets caught using it says, "My trainer gave me something I didn't know it was in." Uh, someone on the team gave me and told me that it was vitamins. That's just not true. Most, the majority of, maybe some of those are true, but the majority of those cases, people know what they're putting in their bodies. And especially someone like Tatis, who is one of the most promising and one of the best players, and not, maybe not anymore, but one of, the, a couple of years ago, the best player in all of Major League Baseball. There's absolutely no way that everything that he's doing is not getting quadruple checked to make sure that there's nothing illegal. Yeah, that's true, and I, I agree on what you're saying about the excuse and how, like, obviously, athletes are known to be some of the most fit guys, some of the guys that, like, in, in the world, they take the best care of their bodies because they know how important, uh, like, physical, physical, your physical, like, body actually plays to your performance. And you're obviously how you feel and what like the supplements or medicines you take like they obviously know what's in it So that's a good point, but I I disagree on the fact like I think Fernando Tatis He didn't make an excuse. Yes, but then after that he acknowledged that he acknowledged the suspension and he was like Okay, I'm just gonna start right now because he knows like there's there's really no point in appealing it like it's it's a positive test like you, there's nothing that's gonna say like it's it's not definitely not a false positive. The the MLB can just look at the supplement he was taking and know. So that is that's a really good point that you brought up. I just think that Fernando Tatis is being really really mature about this. Unlike Deshaun Watson in his situation, because Deshaun it's obviously very different. But Deshaun Watson was saying he's still pleading innocent. And again, we don't really know, but he's still pleading innocent, which is after after his eleven game suspension. And Fernando Tatis is the exact opposite. He's saying, okay, I know what happened. I did it, whether it's on accident or on purpose. It's probably on purpose, like you were saying. And he didn't think he'd get caught because there are random drug tests in the MLB. But I think it's more of just him being the better person or like the person that knows whatever he tries is not going to work now. So he might as well just start, start his suspension now.